Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and welcome to our Week 5 preview show. We're rolling right along this week, and today I'm joined alongside by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and we're set to brief you everything that you need to know before the Bears match up against the Raiders in London. Nick, you and I, were going to a wedding here in just a couple days. Jordan Grimes, our lead, well, actually our only designer we have on this team, the, the man behind the brand, like I like to call him, he is having a wedding on Saturday. Very excited for him, but I'm excited to see you as well. How's your week going, man? Uh, it's going well so far. It hasn't been as hectic at grad school. It's been a pretty laid back week at work, but I'm looking forward to this wedding. I haven't been to many and, you know, we get to see each other in person. It's going to be a great time on Saturday. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm very excited to go ahead and jump right into this show, Nick. It's going to be a good time seeing you. We have to do some rendezvous the next morning to get to your house to do our first postgame show in person of the year, which I'm excited for that as well. But we're here to preview this game, so let's get to it and dive on in. And I want to start this week's preview with the Bears' offense. Surprise, surprise, right? Obviously. I mean, we do this every single week, but Chase Daniel, he will be starting in place of Mitch Trubisky. He's still dealing with that dislocated shoulder. Uh, In last week's game, Daniel had a decent job. He kept the offense in rhythm, and he kept that offense on the field, more importantly. Uh, That's impressive, given the fact that he was going up against Minnesota's solid defense. He finished that day again, completing 73% of his passes, 195 yards, and a touchdown. 
Now, looking at Oakland, they don't get a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. That's going to help Chase out. The Raiders, they allow the seventh highest pass rating on the year, 106, and the sixth most passing yards per game at 281. So, Nick, we have Chase who's coming off a very reasonable performance, going up against a defense that has been prone to allowing offenses to pass on them pretty well. But what are reasonable expectations for Chase Daniel this week and why? So reasonable, I think, is just to play, obviously, to play within the offense. And for Chase Daniel, that means to just to distribute the football to whoever is open. With Chase, he's a guy that can read the field, I think, even better than Mitch Trubisky at this point of his career right now. He's able to survey and see which guys are actually open. If that first guy isn't there, Chase Daniel will go to the second guy and give him a look. Whether or not he'll complete it, that's the question. But Chase Daniel is a guy that will distribute the football to whoever is open. So I guess reasonable. Expect Chase Daniel to take some shots downfield, especially if he's given time. Because, again, he knows this offense like the back of his hand, being with Matt Nagy going back to Kansas City, just being familiar with him. He's going to be comfortable with whatever Matt Nagy is calling because it's a cohesive decision going into this game plan for Sunday in London. But I think with Chase Daniel, it doesn't limit the playbook at at any point. You know, any means, maybe like rollouts or design rollouts are not maybe in the question. But for the most part, it's going to be open and seeing what hopefully what this offense can be. We haven't seen it really much in the first three games, but that fourth game got to see glimpses of it, especially in that first half. So it's going to be open. Whoever is open on this field, Chase Daniel could be able to distribute the ball to them. Yeah, when I'm looking at Chase, I'm hoping for more of the same. I don't really expect much more, but obviously anything less I would be a little disappointed with. I'd be happy if I'm just trying to throw some statistics out there. If he can find a way to end up with 220 yards through the air and a touchdown, that's a pretty good day for Chase Daniel, and I would accept it. And I believe with our defense, that should be more than enough to win this game. So when I'm looking at Chase and this Bears offense, if they can just find ways to accomplish what they did last week, sustain long drive after long drive and not go quickly three and out, that's fine. That's okay. And that's all I'm going to be asking for. I don't think you and I, Nick, I don't think we're asking Daniel to light up the Raiders, right? No. And see, the thing is, if he does, imagine the talk (laughs) of the town going into the bye week, Mitch still coming off injury. It's going to be hey, Chase Daniels should be the starter moving forward. So that's like, I want. obviously I want the Bears to win. I want what's ever best for the Chicago Bears. Like, How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. I honestly don't want Chase Daniel to just light it up because you know what the questions are going to be going into that bye week and into that Saints game after that. You're right. You're right. I mean, I wouldn't mind if you lit it up. I don't mind. I mean... I understand why you don't want it because it can open up a whole can of worms that maybe we don't want to kind of, you know, unearth just yet. But I mean, this is a big game and this is a game that I haven't you I don't usually use the T word on this show, but it does feel like a trap game uh, just with Oakland and what they do and going and overseas. They never won in London. It just seems almost too good to be true in so many ways. And 
I just would like, if he lit him up, no problem whatsoever. But when I'm looking at Chase Daniel, he's going to have the same poise. He's going to bring the command, the confidence in that huddle. I think the Bears will do a little bit what they did last week with them, using that tempo, getting to the line of scrimmage quickly, and then they have some time to adjust based off of what the defense is showing them, which was something they were doing with Trubisky early on in that game as well. Again, we only had like seven plays to really see that. But if they do that, I believe that's a great way to get the entire offense in the best position to succeed on each and every down. Is there anything else about Chase Daniel that you want to mention this week or bring up? You know what? I think Chase Daniel being the starter means that Anthony Miller should be more involved. When he went into when we were at training camp, Will, Anthony Miller was getting a lot of reps with those twos. It wasn't just the ones that he was getting reps with. And that's where you saw it when Anthony Miller is catching footballs, which you have to really go back to training camp to see the last time. It's only been a couple times in the regular season here. Chase Daniel was the guy who was delivering the football. It wasn't Mitch Trubisky. So that could be a big thing for Anthony Miller going forward, at least in this game. Maybe he's more involved. Obviously, I don't know if you saw the news well. Taylor Gabriel is not traveling with the team. Mm -hmm. So that means, obviously, guys are going to step up. Javon Williams will be the opposite starter, uh, opposite of Allen Robinson. But Anthony Miller, we're still expecting to see more from him. This could be it with Chase Daniel at quarterback. Absolutely. All right, we talked about the quarterback, but let's move on to some of these matchups in the secondary. And one thing's for certain, and I think you know this, Nick, but the Bears are going to spread that ball around, and they've proven that each week so far this season. Uh, against Minnesota specifically, we saw guys like Adam Shaheen, J.P. Holtz, Javon Wims really step up. Not a lot of catches, not a lot of targets, but when they made plays, they made sure that those were plays that counted and really didn't matter. So who are some guys on this Bears offense in terms of some of the playmakers that you can see having a decent impact for the Bears offense this week, and why so? You know, I think uh, each and every week, Allen Robinson just showed up to play. It doesn't matter what the defense, what defense they're playing, he's able to get open and provide just a a spot and a just a person that whatever quarterback it is can throw to and feel comfortable with because Allen Robinson has great range, runs great routes, and has you know great hands. So I think it doesn't matter what what kind of coverage the Raiders are kind of throwing at Allen Robinson and with Matt Nagy and how he can scheme guys open. He's a guy that you can throw to, especially, you know, maybe in a, a Raiders secondary that only has one interception on the season. That came last week against the Colts, which is a pick six. But it's still a, a young secondary, young team where I think a guy like a veteran, like Allen Robinson, can definitely take advantage of whatever matchup it is. But, yeah, that's a guy that I think Chase Daniel feels comfortable with, too, because he is a great receiver and you can just rely on him. I mean, how could you not go wrong targeting number 12 on this offense? Uh, when you're looking at his last eight games here in Chicago, uh, he has 10 catches of 20-plus. And I believe the Raiders leader, if they're near the top of the NFL, of plays allowed of 20 yards or more on defense. So that seems like a decent combination if you're asking me. So it just makes sense that Robinson, he's going to get his fair share of plays uh, and also, he's going to get looks. He hasn't been targeted less than seven times in a single game yet this season. Don't really expect that to change. He's going to get those opportunities, especially uh, if Daniel gets that time of the pocket that I am really envisioning him having with the Raiders' lack of a pass rush. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on here in the show. But yeah, Allen Robinson, he's a safe bet each and every week. When I'm looking to go a little bit more outside the box this week, you talked about Anthony Miller and the connection that he and Chase Daniel had in training camp and how that can lead to some game day success and I agree I think that's exactly the right mindset to have and I had it with another receiver on this roster and it's Javon Wims he had a couple of big plays last week 
Like you mentioned, Taylor Gabriel's out again. So that just opens up the opportunity for Javon Wims to be on that field more, prove what he can be, because we've seen it in preseason. And I think the Bears have been kind of hiding him a little bit, not utilizing him as much as they can if they wanted to, because he has so much talent. And you can see that he's putting that raw talent that we drafted into some real serious potential here in the NFL as a wide receiver. And we saw Wims and Chase, you know, have plenty of opportunity in training camp and preseason games. So this is where I expect Javon Wims to maybe continue and maybe build off of what he did last week. And then finally, I'm looking at both running backs, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Uh, The Raiders, over this season, they've allowed about 137 scrimmage yards per game, the running backs. And I've seen three different running backs have at least 30 receiving yards or more on Oakland's defense this season. So when I'm looking at David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, I envision them having some serious opportunities through the passing game. Anybody else for you, Nick? Well, I think it is going to be a key opportunity for these Bears running backs to take advantage of, you know, Avantez Perfect, who is suspended for now the entire season. And you saw what, or not Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen was able to do on that option route with Chase Daniel uh, getting that touchdown on that first drive where Mitch gets injured. He's It's just a, a simple little option route where Tariq Cohen is able to beat the linebacker. That's something that you should utilize in this game. You have the running backs to do it, and they're depleted at the linebacker position for the Raiders take advantage of those matchups. So, yeah, especially see maybe Tariq Cohen as the, I guess, receiver, not the running back, the receiver being able to take advantage of what the Raiders don't have, and that's depth at the linebacker position. Good stuff there, Nick. All right, up next, we're going to discuss the Bears' running attack and what we are expecting out of David Montgomery and company. But first, we do need to call a quick timeout to let you know about that new sponsor that we do have this season, a sponsor I'm very excited to bring aboard this year, and that's Wrigleyville Sports. Uh, We're very excited to have partnered with Wrigleyville Sports because they're one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the entire city. So if you're looking for any of the latest Bears gear, they have it. From hats, sunglasses, t-shirts, jerseys, make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com. I just ordered myself a Club Dub t-shirt that they have. Really awesome. I want to start wearing that in the post-game shows and games in which we win. So I expect to wear it a lot between... And probably won't get it in this week, so next week, because we'll be at Nick's house on Sunday. But for next week and forward, I'm very excited. Well, we have a bye, so I have plenty of time, I guess. It doesn't even matter. But regardless, I'm excited to wear that shirt. And you want to check it out. We have some Club Dub swag as well. Girlieville Sports has that shirt. It's really awesome. And if you're listening to this show, which you are, if you're hearing my voice, you get a pretty sweet deal. Use our promo code AUDIBLE for 15% off and free shipping of any order of $25 or more. And again, that code is AUDIBLE, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, for 15% off and free shipping on anything on WrigleyvilleSports.com. All right, Nick, let's go ahead and take a look at the Bears' rushing attack. David Montgomery's 21 carries last week was a career high. Now, he didn't have a ton of production as the Bears' offensive line. They're still struggling to win at the point of attack. The Raiders this year have had a pretty decent run defense throughout the first month of this season. Uh, They're the 10th best defense in terms of yards per carry allowed, only 3.9, which is identical for what Minnesota, what they brought into the game last week. And now when you're looking at Oakland as well, some things that kind of uh, teams have stuck with it against them, despite that 3.9 yards per carry. And when they do it, they find mild success. Uh, The Raiders give up 117 yards per game on average on the ground. So Nick, you're looking at the Bears rushing attack. It was run DMC, and now it's pretty much just run uh, David Montgomery, it seems like so far this season. Uh, So what kind of day are you visioning for the Bears, probably specifically David Montgomery on the ground and why? 
You know, well, the Vikings had a lot of success running on the ground against this Raiders defense. And not to say that that could be the same for the Bears because they're still figuring out with their rushing attack, especially that offensive line. And who knows if Kyle Long is able to go in this one. But it's I don't I don't know, because the Raiders do have a pretty stout running defense. But the Bears are, I think, would want to establish the run, especially going to London overseas with the backup quarterback. You want to still feed David Montgomery the ball. And I think they should in this game. But. You know, for some reason, I think they will have that breakout game finally. I think it's just, one, it's the commitment to the run, which we've seen Matt Nagy ever since he didn't do it in week one against Green Bay. He's gotten better each and every week with actually feeding David Montgomery because I think that's just a guy, once he gets into a rhythm and sees how the line is playing, see how the defense is playing, you can he can get better as a runner. And just show that patience like he did against Denver, just breaking outside uh, on that run where there's no there's no holes. And then he's just able to bounce outside. Or actually, that was Washington. Sorry. But it's like David Montgomery has that ability. You just got to keep feeding the ball. And, yes, they did it a lot against Minnesota. And you knew that the Minnesota Vikings were just stacking the box. They weren't going to get much. But I think David Montgomery is able to have that breakout game against the Raiders. And the Bears just got to commit to it. I think Matt Nagy will. Interesting. I've been saying this every week that they're going to have a breakout yeah. game. So I'm taking a pause. I just again, prove me wrong. That'd be great if they did. Uh, so for me, I'm expecting and I'm quoting myself in my own notes, but nothing spectacular, uh, but just enough to get it done. Uh, just like last week, really. It wasn't the most mind boggling stats on the ground, but the rushes they had, they were finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. We're working and they're enough to sustain drives and that's all we really need at the end of the day. Uh, but outside of the Raiders game against Minnesota, they've been really good at stopping the run like we've mentioned. Uh, if you take away the Minnesota game, the most productive rusher of the season was Royce Freeman. He had only 56 yards on the ground. That's the most productive game. And that came out only 10 carries. And now if you want to add back in the Minnesota game, Dalvin Cook, he had 16 carries against Oakland. Uh, and he has the most yards, which is 115 on that Oakland defense. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Bears can get Montgomery another 20 carries or so and see what kind of production he can get out of that. But the offensive line hasn't proven that they can really spring Montgomery yet and set him up for success. He does a great job of fighting through contact, but when he has to battle you know, defender after defender and he doesn't get any clean looks, I mean, that's tough sledding for a rookie. And he needs to get a little help from the big guys up front in order for him to have that breakout game uh, that you're mentioning, Nick. Anything else on a running game this week? You know what? This has nothing to do with the current Bears, but the last time the Bears were in London, it was the Bears versus Buccaneers. Matt Forte had an amazing day. And this has, again, nothing to do with these current Bears, but 25 carries, 145 yards, and a touchdown. And remember that touchdown run where he just shook one Bucks defender, had him run into the other guy, and just basically they just knocked each other out. Matt Forte goes for a touchdown. Has nothing to do with these Bears. But maybe they just have a thing in London to get this running game going. Is that the gif of Vorte when he has that uh, that sweet uh, cut and against Tampa Bay? Is that the yeah, game? Yeah, that's that's the game that was in London because that was Montgomery has that. We we've, we've compared. You know, there have been some comparisons even this season, just the running style and the patience and the ability to just cut on dime to Matt Forte. Maybe it all comes to fruition in this game in London. 
Interesting, interesting. But it matters on the Bears' offensive line. So let's look at them real quick. Uh, they have a long way to go in order to be the unit that we expected coming into this season. We're now four games in, and I think you, Nick, myself, everybody listening, we're still expecting more from this offensive line. Uh, they didn't seem to miss Kyle Long too much last week. Uh, Ted, uh, Ted Larson and Rashad Coward, they held their own for the most part. does look like Kyle Long's coming back this week. Ted Larson is out of the game, so it will be between Long and Coward. Assuming that Long, with him practicing some of this week, he should be fine with that hip injury. But obviously, we already know this offensive line should fare well against the Raiders in terms of pass protection. Uh, Oakland only has six sacks in a year, second lowest in the league. But they're going to have a bigger challenge with winning at the point of attack and creating lanes for the running backs because Oakland's run defense, as we just mentioned, is pretty darn good. So, Nick, when you're looking at the trenches, what are those key battles that you're keeping your eyes on? Yeah, I mean, I whoever ends up actually starting at right guard, whether it is Kyle Long who did make the trip or if it's going to be a, you know, Rashad Coward, who I think, you know, for not having repped at right guard, played fairly well there. Um, so whether that's a Jonathan Hankins who's there at no, the D tackle or Maurice Hurst, Hurst those are gonna, that's going to be a battle that uh, is going to maybe dictate how they where they run the football. Maybe it's not to that right side, more so the left side, if uh, the Bears want to maybe try to establish the running game. But that right guard position, yes, they did well against the Minnesota Vikings, whether it was Ted Larson or Rashad Coward, but still that running game didn't get going. Pass protection-wise, the unit did well, but I'm looking at that right guard spot. Whoever's playing versus those two inside tackles that the Raiders have, that's going to be a key matchup moving forward. And then I forget his first name, but Hall, the other defensive tackle that they have for Oakland's really good against the run. I think he TJ. lines up. Pro- yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. You, you have cleaner notes than I do right now. I, mine was like scatterbrain. It's been a busy, busy week. But uh, yeah, he is a really good run defender as well. Someone we need to keep an eye on because the interior of the offensive line, they've They've made some progress. I think we're hoping for more, but they can still have some fits, especially with guys like Hall and Hankins as well. Do you know what's going on with Benson Maiola? Because he leads the team with four sacks, but he was a surprise inactive last week. Had some weird tweet that says, you know, believe what you're reading or something along those lines. And I haven't seen anything about him not playing or playing. Do you have any update on him at all? No, but I do remember hearing about that, like you you know, bench your start your leading sack leader, and then he goes on to tweet about it, which is not going to look good on him and the coaching staff. And you know, John Gruden's a bit of a hard ass, so if you do something mm-hmm. like that, it's not going to reflect well on the coaching staff and you actually playing. But I haven't seen anything, any updates on that. But it should be an interesting little nugget to look, you know, look into as uh, we're getting closer to game time. And then the last guy I'm paying attention to is uh, Clellan Farrell. He hasn't practiced this week yet, or at least he didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday. But he does lead Oakland in quarterback pressures with 10. He would primarily be going up against Charles Leno Jr., which on this podcast we've said plenty of times uh, just how much Charles Leno Jr. is struggling, not looking like the left tackle we've we've known over the last couple of years. So I really don't want to kind of harp on that too much. It's been well documented here on our show over the last few weeks, but that's definitely an area with Charles Leno Jr. and his struggle. Struggles, and if Farrell's able to play, who again, he leaves Oakland in quarterback pressures. But we need to bear in mind that is only 10. And Oakland itself, in terms of pass rush, hasn't been overly productive. So it's something that we shouldn't worry too much about. But we, we would be a little silly if we didn't at least point it out and at least have it on our radar. All right, Nick, anything else on the Bears offense or the Raiders defense that you have on your notes that we should discuss? So I think this the stats I'm about to give, this can go to this Bears offense or this Bears defense. But Oakland is not a good team when it 
comes to having to come back in a game. Uh, this and credit to the athletic writers for the the Raiders because they pointed this stat out. Uh, Gruden's win and loss record after the first quarter when trailing, they're twenty four and fifty one. When they're trailing after halftime, twenty and sixty eight. After the third quarter, seventeen and seventy. So by all means, if this offense can score points early. This game could be over for Oakland, for for the Raiders because John Gruden has shown that he doesn't know how to come back in games when his team is down. So Chase Daniel, whether they whoever wins the coin toss, let's say the Bears offense needs to go out there. If you can get those scripted plays and get into the end zone and already put this Raiders team, you know, behind, that's crucial because John Gruden has showed in his career as a coach, he does not know how to coach from behind to win a game. So that's going to be the key in this one get points or don't let them score. And if you even score just a little bit, that, that could be the key to this entire game. I like that. That's a really good point there, Nick. Uh, for me, I'm just going to do my typical red zone, third down stats that you should be aware of uh, for the red zone. The bears, they are a staggering 26th in the NFL in the red zone this year. That's not the Matt Nagy offense. I know they're only converting on 44% of the red zone trips this season. Again, 26 in the NFL and looking at Oakland, their defense is actually pretty good. Uh, they're in the top half. They're 13th, allowing touchdowns on 54%. So there's over half of those trips. Looking at third down, the Bears offense, yet again in the 20s, 24th on third down, only converting on 35% of those plays. But luckily, the Raiders' defense, they come in 27th in the NFL, giving up third downs on nearly 50% of all third down attempts. So, Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge. And I'm going to go to you first for the Bears' passing game versus the Raiders' secondary. That Raiders' secondary hasn't really shown me much as opposed to why this Bears' passing attack with it, you know, backup Chase Daniel shouldn't be able to take advantage of it. Look, Chase Daniel looked poised and comfortable in the pocket and was able to distribute the football to his receivers in that first half, and then they kind of took their foot off the gas in the second half. But I like the Bears' passing attack in this one, not saying that they're going to open it up and it's going to be the it – could, it could be the best day. But this I, – I just don't see anything on the Raiders' side – that makes me, I guess, skeptical that this Bears offense can't do good things in the passing attack. All right, so we have one edge for the Bears. I'm going to give myself the Bears offensive line versus the Raiders pass rush. It's a simple one for me. I'm going to go Bears offensive line, even though with their struggles, I think the Oakland, uh, the Raiders, they struggle more to get after quarterbacks than we struggle protecting them. Uh, so for me, the lack of the pass rush that Oakland has is more – of a determinant here in my who's giving the edge. So for me, I'm going to go with the Bears. So, Nick, you and I have to share. Bears ground game versus the Raiders run defense. For me, it really depends on how you define success this week. So which way are you going to go? I will go with the Bears, and I think it's a good point that you mentioned how you define success. If the Bears are winning in this game and they're able to just grind out the clock at the end by just getting those first downs at the end of the game, let's say they don't statistically do good, but as long as they're not able to give the ball back to the Raiders, that could be seen as a success. Or didn't You weren't able to do that in games previous, right? So you're taking a step in the right direction. Maybe the average is not what you want to see or the touchdowns aren't there, but as long as you can do that with this defense, that is a success. Not saying that that's going to happen, but I think the Bears will have success on the ground game this week. All right. For me, I'm giving the edge to the Bears as well, but for me, I'm defining success as 
They'll run the ball effectively enough to impact the game and tilt it in Chicago's favor. I don't really envision them going off. Maybe they will, and I'm going to be ecstatic if they do. I just haven't seen the offensive line do what they need to do in order to make that happen. But for me, this week, effective enough, effective is enough. Uh, so, and that's all we really need. So for me, I'll give the edge to the Bears. I think they'll do what they need to do in order to sustain the grunting game. But again, I'm not looking for a 100-plus yard day on the ground. All right, Nick, X-Factor time on offense. A few different ways we can go about it this week, but if you had to choose an X-Factor, who would it be and why? I think X-Factor looking at this game, and I've been talking about the run game. For some reason, I believe this is the week, and a big part of that, the part of that, is David Montgomery just being able to get the touches. And that's also going to play into if Matt Nagy does commit to the run, which I think he should, even though this is a good defense that, yeah, good defense is maybe uh, too much uh, credit to Raiders over there. But I think X Factor will be David Montgomery, who just makes people miss in the open field. Even when there isn't a hole for him to run through, which there haven't been many, he makes things happen. So I think he's just going to finally burst out and have one of those bigger runs of the season. And I think he will be the reason why that the Bears have success on offense. Look, time possession is going to be huge in this game. And I think he could be a big factor in the Bears having the winning side of that time of possession. All right, for me, I'm probably taking the obvious one here, but it's worth saying it's going to be Chase Daniel. If he's yeah. the Chase Daniel that we saw last week, uh, we should be able to you know, take care of this game, no problem. What he was able to do against Minnesota, he should have much more success against Oakland if he can just play to the same caliber, to the same standard. And on top of that, what I think really makes him the X factor is how he can get everyone else in a position to succeed. Something that we talked about earlier in the show, how he has command out there. He understands this offense. Nick, I think he said like the back of his hand. So that's ex- his hand. exactly. So if he can, you know, keep on that, which I don't envision him taking steps backwards, then we should be in great shape. But for some reason, if he does turn into the chase Daniel, we saw during his time last year with some of the turnovers that made you make you scratch your head or some of the throws or just some of the lack of, you know, production then we can struggle so really i do believe that the oakland raiders with them not really having much of a pass rush there's no excuse for chase daniel in this game not to hit those downfield throws and find ways to you know get some decent chunks on the grounds for me chase daniel's the x factor this week on offense all right we're halfway through the show it's time to turn the table and look at the bears defense which is coming off a six sack performance last week against minnesota and now they'll be squaring off against a raiders offense that ranks 21st in both total yards and points scored nick do we have to say anything further i don't think so i think we (laughs) you know that's about it on this uh half of the show here for the defense Right, but we have to do it. It's just what we have to do. I have about four more pages of notes to roll on through. So let's begin with the Bears' defensive line. Uh, They gained, I believe, some additional respect last week. Not that they already didn't have respect, but rather the guys like the depth guys, right? Roy Robertson-Harris, Nick Williams. They proved, without a shadow of a doubt, just how tremendously deep this unit is. Akeem Hicks, he seems more and more likely to play this week than not. And that's going to give the unit a much-needed boost. And, again, they're going up against an Oakland offensive line that is actually pretty decent. Uh, nothing that they, But on top of that, I say Oakland offensive line is decent. But at the same time, they should be nothing that the Bears defensive line cannot handle. So, Nick, over to you first. What do you see or who do you see having favorable matchups this week up front for the Bears defensive line short of everybody? So, I mean, when you look at it, Khalil Mack – 
whoever, he, whatever side, whether he's on the left side against Colton Miller, the left tackle, or that right tackle, Trent Brown. And actually, Mack and Brown faced last year when Trent Brown was a part of the New England Patriots. He didn't have any sacks, but... And here's another thing. Mac dropped back in coverage 18 times that game and only rushed the passer 16. And here's the big thing. Why he probably didn't have any sacks, not because he had limited, you know, reps. That you don't need many reps from Cleo Mack. He wasn't at full strength. That's He's still coming off that ankle injury when he played Brown last year. So I think one of the athletic writers wrote about this in Mack versus Trent Brown. Trent Brown won that, um, that matchup. Well, now he's going against a Khalil Mack that's not only playing like the defensive player of the year so far, I think he's playing like the MVP of the league. So get ready, Trent Brown. You know Khalil Mack is going to come motivated, just one to bring it to his old team. And it's whether it's Brown or if it's Miller, those guys are going to have a hell of a day trying to you know, block him for the majority of it. Then, you know, Leonard Floyd's been a little quiet. He's been a little quiet since that mm-hmm. week one game against Green Bay, right? I'm ha- I'm expecting him to, you know, as well as Khalil Mack, to have himself a day. But those tackles are going to get worked come Sunday. Are you worried about Floyd's quietness? Not necessarily. There's been so many other guys that stepped up, and this defense has been playing so good that you kind of, even if guys, you know, take a step back for a week, someone else is taking that spot and just yep. jumping up their level of play. That's That's been happening all season for this Bears defense. And it's not like... Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Boyd hasn't impacted the game by any means. It's He just hasn't gotten to the quarterback, which is, you know, you'd like to see it, but he's still impacting the game for sure. All right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, when you're looking at these matchups, I mean, Mack and Miller, I mean, that's the big one. Miller, he does lead the Raiders with pressures allowed with nine and sacks too. Uh, so still, that's really good numbers. I mean, I wish Charles Leno Jr. would have those numbers. I would live with those numbers out of our guy, but uh, obviously that's the fact that that's the weak link to me of the Raiders shows what kind of offensive line they have. But we'll talk about what Oakland does on offense with Derek Carr, which may kind of skew these numbers as well. Uh, but when I'm looking at some other matchups, um, either Akeem Hicks or Nick Williams over Jordan uh, Devi, uh, he's been consistently allowing pressure this year. He's beaten with both speed and power. I see both Hicks and Williams having an advantage there. And obviously a rotation between Hicks and Williams to keep both of those fresh, I think will give the Bears a good advantage here. And then here's a fun battle I have. I don't think the Bears may have an edge here per se, but one that I want to be watching because it's going to be a dogfight. Eddie Goldman versus their center, Rodney Hudson. Uh, Goldman, he's coming off probably the best game of the year uh, that he had last week against Minnesota. Hudson, he's been strong all season. He's been a really good center his entire career. And when I'm looking at Hudson, he's allowed zero pressures. And, of course, that means he hasn't allowed a sack all season as well. So Goldman... Obviously, he's not the sack machine. I mean, he's just a nose tackle, and his job is to fill gaps and plug up and you know make some good plays against the run. So I just want to see him win at the point of attack here on run defense to allow some of these linebackers like Roquan Smith, who's going to be playing this week, and Benny Trevathan, who had a really good game last week as well. Eddie Goldman will set them up for success. Uh, we talked about it in the postgame show that he did that. 
uh, last week against Minnesota, and I'm hoping he can do that, but he does have a very tough battle here in Rodney Hudson. Uh, definitely a dogfight that I'm going to be paying attention to throughout. All right, looking at Derek Carr, uh, he's completed 72% of his passes this year, um, but he does heavily lean on the quick passing game. Uh, that's something that has been proven in the past, the last two seasons, that can impact our defense a little bit. Uh, but Derek Carr, he's 24th in the NFL with yards per attempt, only 6.9. Uh, and he only has 13 deep attempts all season, which is deep attempts meaning passes that travel down the field 20 yards or more, only 13 of those. Uh, the big reason, uh, obviously to me, why he hasn't been pressured too much, that he has the ability to get the ball out quick. A lot like Kirk Cousins, not a lot of passing attempts. They try to hide Derek Carr in this offense as well. Uh Cousins, uh, not Cousins, sorry, Carr. Too many quarterbacks with the C last name. Derek Carr, he's 25th in the league in terms of passing attempts, just to kind of put that in perspective. So, Nick, when you're looking at Derek Carr and him going up against the Bears' defense, do you see any challenges that he presents us, or is there anything that you want to just kind of bear in mind to kind of keep him in check? So it's not so much what he presents us. It's just what Oakland likes to do. And like you mentioned, they get the ball out really quick. So we might not see the sack numbers that you've seen, you know, maybe against Washington or even last week against Minnesota because they don't want Derek Carr to hold on to that football. And they knew what they know better. Khalil Max on the opposite side looking to just destroy quarterbacks. But that ball, when I was just watching the film, it's it's coming out quick, you guys. It's as soon as it's snapped, Carr is serving. It's not even serving the field. He's going to where he's supposed to go, whether it's just a little check down to his running back or the tight ends running a little flare out. It's coming out quick and that's kind of their game plan so far and especially on the scripted plays for Oakland they've actually been pretty good with it so the Bears need to be mindful of that for sure because we've seen bits in you know in spurts this season the Bears have given up yards for sure the teams have been able to you know drive on them later in games mind you when they've gone to this quick passing game. But that just means you have to kind of shift your defense a little over to play a little bit more man coverage, disrupt these routes at the line of scrimmage from your corners, drop those linebackers into the passing lanes. But that's not going to beat the Spurs defense. I'll tell you that right now. It's had success, but it hasn't really produced a lot of points. You have to be able to get that big play to stretch things vertically. And then they want to get play action involved with Derek Carr as well with that running game they have with Josh Jacobs. But Nothing Derek Carr does really scares me in terms of just, you know, his ability. It's just the scheme that they run is quick. They don't want these edge rushers to be a factor. And, look, Cleo Mack and Leonard Floyd can impact the game in different ways. They can get their hand up and bat a ball down or chip the tight end who's coming off a, you know, just a, a release into the backfield. So it's not nothing that they do really scares me, though, Will. All right, how about this? Let's make this full circle. We're talking about the offense, and you're like, you know, if this Bears offense can get into an early lead, that should lead to a victory. How would the Bears' defense benefit from, of course, the offense putting up points early? Because that would have to change how Oakland attacks this defense. Because if they're going to be, uh, John Wood on Twitter, he uh, mentioned that Carr has the fourth fastest time to throw in terms of uh, you know snap to release, but also the fourth shortest yards per pass. So just a lot of quick, short underneath stuff and if they're down by a couple of scores that's not going to win them this game so they have to ditch that effort so coming full circle obviously the Bears having a lead that defense should eat a little bit more sack opportunities should be more apparent uh, but do you have anything else you want to add in terms of how that can benefit this Bears defense if the Bears offense is able to put up even two touchdowns and the Raiders haven't done anything this would be a nightmare 
an absolute nightmare for John Gruden and the Raiders because you have to kind of ditch that quick passing game and try to take shots down the field. Well, that just means Derek Carr is going to drop back and actually have to survey the field for a couple seconds longer than he would be happy doing. And now you have even a Roquan Smith who, well, it's it's been iffy because he said he's going to play. Matt Nagy has not confirmed that yet, but I think I'll lean on him playing this game. Whether or not he is, Nick Kukowski did great filling in. But now these edge rushers can be a factor in getting after you know Derek Carr. And then you almost – you don't have to ditch the running game, but you have to utilize it a little bit less. So you're taking away their best element on offense, which is Josh Jacobs, their first-round pick. So this offense – this Bears offense is going to play crucial into how this game – can you know turn out for the Bears I think it could be easily a blowout game if this offense can help out a little bit because that just changed the whole dynamic of what the Raiders want to do on offense yeah you take away Josh Jacobs and if you can find a way to get rid of their tight end Waller I mean boom you're done I mean that should be you know hook line and sinker the Bears have this one in the bag which is a good segue to some of the matchups that we want to pay attention to I do want to mention uh, and this is something I wanted to announce here on the show. Um, I did make a trade for Darren Waller in one of our Chicago Audible Fantasy League. So everyone, you are welcome. My Fantasy League team curse is on point. You're not going to be disappointed. Waller should be on my team by Saturday once the trade process is just in time uh, for this game. And I'm going to start him too. You better believe I'll start him to make sure I really uh, put that thing into full effect. But uh, besides that... Getting back to the real stuff here, obviously Waller, he is priority number one for this defense, Nick, because he just is by far and large the most productive. He's a tight end, but he's the most productive receiver that this team has. He leads them in targets. He leads them in catches. He leads them in yards. He hasn't found the end zone, but he's a good, consistent guy that can help him move and sustain drives. How do you stop him? Well, see, when I was watching the film, what they did with Waller a lot, just some plays, is they'll motion, let's say he's on the right side, they'll motion him left, and then he will come back to the right off the snap and just be wide open. So as a defense, when he's coming underneath on maybe a little drag route, you knock him on his ass, to be completely honest. You disrupt that route, that's going to disrupt that timing for Derek Carr. And again, they also had him come, do that same exact thing and block. So if you could just get physical with him, not saying that he's not a physical player, Waller, but that's just going to add into maybe the the difficulty of maybe catching a pass as opposed to blocking. But I think that's going to be key in this game. And the Bears have the players, whether it's Leonard Floyd or Cleo Mack or, you know, any one of the linebackers to get physical with a guy like this who's had success so far through, you know, four games of the season. That's going to be a way of disrupting him because, like you said, Will, he is their offense. Obviously, there's Josh Jacobs, but in the passing game, he's the he's the main threat. So you got to make sure you can keep him in check. And I think just getting physical right when the route is happening is going to be a good way of just kind of limiting that uh, and limiting him from being a factor. Uh, Tyrell Williams, he's the only one I'm paying attention to just because he does have a nose for the end zone, four touchdowns in four games, second on the team in targets. Does he worry you at all like against the Bears defense? Because to me, eh, not really. Yeah, so not really because he's supposed to be the number two guy. Mm-hmm. There was supposed to be an Antonio Brown in this team. That's got a man, poor Raiders fans. But he he's he has found the end zone, like you said. But I think he's still dealing with an injury. I don't know if he practiced today. Hmm. And um, I think I retweeted somewhere in here. But, yeah, he's still dealing with an injury. And if he can't go, man, the depth at wide receiver for the Raiders – would he go to a – I think it's a J.J. Nelson somewhere in there that has a – I don't even think he's played yet due to injury as well. So there's 
there's not a lot of guys that Derek Carr can even go to at this point. And if you're undermanned against this Bears defense, who has proven that it can shut down, you know, capable receivers, good luck trying to throw to nobody and being, again, trying to go up against this Bears defense. It's not going to happen. So in terms of receiving threats, I'm not really concerned whatever. Whoever the Raiders have, whatever they bring, not worried about it. It looks like he missed with a foot, but up to a few hours ago, the Raiders are, quote, hopeful that Williams will play. So well, I probably will. Probably, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they have plenty of hope. Uh, all right, anything else in terms of people that worry you? I mean, to me, it's Waller. You look at Williams. Maybe you look at Josh Jacobs as they're starting to implement him a little bit more as a receiver. But even then, we saw last week just how, what the Bears can do in terms of shutting down running backs. And we're going to just talk about Jacobs here in a moment. But anything else through the air you want to mention? So actually, this might be a good – he is a wide receiver, but Trevor Davis on the ground – against the Indianapolis Colts on that end around, he was able to score. This is actually Trevor Davis, who the Bears played week one exactly. against Green Bay Packers. So they have familiarity with him. I remember when he was going back for punts and things like that, he didn't look very comfortable doing it, and they need to do that because of, I think, Harris, their uh, kick returner, punt returner. He's still dealing with injury. I don't know if he's going to be able to go this game. But, yeah, segueing to the rushing attack, you want to make sure you're accounting for Trevor Davis, who – probably doesn't really know this playbook all too well just coming over to the Raiders not too long ago and he scored on an end around which shouldn't have happened because there was a false start actually well when I was watching the film there were two false starts that the refs just didn't call against the Raiders for some reason they are they do commit a lot of penalties but there should have been two more added on to that just, just some nitpicking stuff huh uh, yeah I was watching them like you see all the Colts defenders are pointing at Trevor Davis and then he goes for an end around for 60 yards and scores it shouldn't have happened though so is there even anything to worry about, or did the Colts give up on a play? I haven't seen the play. Uh, so it, they just had the, the Raiders, they blocked it up really well, and Trevor Davis, can he's he's a fast dude. I think he runs like 4-3 or even mm-hmm. maybe a little bit faster. So he's got that speed, but if he can get to the edge, and he went from right to left, so that would theoretically be going to Mukamura's side, he doesn't have the speed to catch him. No way. But they did block it up well, and again, should have been shouldn't have happened because there was a false start. And the Bears' run fits are probably a little bit stronger than Indianapolis as well. Yeah, they didn't have Darius. They didn't have a lot of guys on that defense for the Colts, and they're not even nowhere clear close to the Bears. Trevor Davis doesn't scare me. He didn't scare me week one. He doesn't scare me now. No. But let's go ahead. Let's peek a little bit further into the Raiders' rushing attack because we haven't even got to the meat potatoes yet, and that's Josh Jacobs. He's the NFL's ninth most productive rusher this season. He's averaging five yards per carry on the year. He has 307 total yards on the ground. Obviously, last week, the Bears completely shut down Dalvin Cook, who was the leading rusher in the league at the time. He's now shy. He's second. He's down by one yard, so the Bears were able to hold him and <laughs> knock him down a peg. I kind of like that when I was doing some research earlier this morning. Uh, but, however, there's something I want to know. Dalvin Cook and Josh Jacobs, they are two entirely different types of running backs. So, Nick, does Josh Jacobs, to you, present any additional challenges that the Bears need to not overcome this week, but to be aware of? No, I think he's a good runner. He's a guy that, you know, is able to – he has good vision. He will see a hole and just hit it. And then he has some physicality to play at the end there. And additionally to, you know, just the running, he's a capable receiver, but the Raiders really haven't used him all that often in the passing game thus far. Trying to look at his stats right now, he doesn't have – what does he have? Oh, man. 
I'm blanking on where this could be, but he has 307 rushing yards, rushing attempts, 62, but he hasn't been factored into the passing game as much. And I think coming out of, you know, Alabama, he was a guy that was capable of doing that. I think in this game, they're going to want to try and do that. He, he's a guy that can really do it all for you as, as, as a running back. But, you know, you face a Dalvin Cook, you face a, um, you know, Green Bay's, you face the versatility, a bunch of versatile guys at the running back position. So he's not, he doesn't bring anything the Bears haven't seen. So, I don't really think they need to overthink this. He's a rookie. Make him, make him feel like a rookie because there's a Roquan <laughs> Smith and Danny Trevathan there who are going to be keyed on Josh Jacobs all game. And if they you know, held down Delvin Cook and made him contemplate playing football when you saw him on the sidelines, look, just he didn't even look like he wanted to play anymore. I think they'll be all right with Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that Jacobs compared to Delvin Cook, I think Jacobs is – probably a tougher type of a runner in terms of, you know, lower the shoulder, I'll run over you than Delvin Cook with his speed. Um, I'm looking at Jacobs here. He does average his six most, most yards after contact per play. That's a mouthful. Uh, that's four yards after contact per play. Uh, and obviously he's, uh, he's pretty tough to take down. So tackling, group tackling. And as a key, I mean, if you, if I said every week that the Bears need to tackle, I mean, Obviously, will if they don't tackle, and then you're not even playing defense. I get that, but a guy like Jacobs, who's really good at fighting through contact, kind of think of David Montgomery in that regard. That's something. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. To, to keep in mind, like that type of runner. Uh, so for me, though, like you said, nothing we haven't seen before. It's been two years now, Nick, almost, and we've seen a lot of really good running backs, and we've just shut them down. And it's to the point where it's like, I don't know what to say. Like every week, like I don't know. The Bears defense, they'll find a way. They'll get it done. They'll shut him down. They just do it. Yeah, no, they do. And I found his rush, or his receptions. He's got three. Maybe that's why I overlooked. He's got three on the season. <laughs> I think two came last yard. week. Yeah, so they haven't really used him in the passing game. They keep saying they want to, but it hasn't reflected you know, so far. But, you, yeah, you make a good point. Like the Bears, uh, remember going to that Rams game, Todd Gurley. How are they going to stop Todd Gurley? Well, Todd Gurley didn't do anything Dalvin Cook didn't do anything there's been a lot of rushers that have played the Bears defense that they're probably thinking thank goodness we don't play them again unless they're in the same division like a Dalvin Cook's like damn it we gotta go get we gotta do this again so yeah I'm not really worried about this rushing attack even though this is the strength of the Raiders offense so well let's take it one step further because I mean that's going to be my motto today this is the strength of the Raiders offense right Bears should be able to shut it down how well does that play in our favor? Just like last week, right? It's almost like a mirror. Yeah, it is. And the Raiders, if the Raiders can't run, Derek Carr wants to get the ball out early. And if the Bears score early, the Raiders are going to just maybe not come back to the United States and just stay in London <laughs> because they're going to be embarrassed of what this is going to turn out to be. It, but you did say, Will, this could be a trap game. So if the, all these factors don't come together, obviously it's not going to you know, play well for the Bears. But I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. So it, this is a, a recipe. It's just a game where the Bears can really show their, their strength that they were, you know, a Super Bowl contender. And it's going to be because of this defense. It really is. 
I mean, big game right before the bye. You can improve the four and one heading into the bye week. That's a strong position to you know go in. And four and one entering your bye sounds and feels a lot different than a three and two team. So this is a big game for this Bears and their you know their uh, projection for the season, just how it's going to go. And again, if you lose this game, it doesn't mean the season's over by any means. But a big win here with a bye week, and then a big game against New Orleans after the fact. I mean, this is just a game that you need to find a way to take care of business and. We'll see exactly how it shakes up, but we have more things to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, anything else about either the Raiders' offense or the Bears' defense? We mentioned Roquan's coming back. Don't think we need to go in. You know, I don't think we need to debate. Should we find out what the issue is or not? He's a guy. He's, he has his personal life. We don't need to t- discuss it. I am curious what it was. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm human, and I want to know what it is, but not my place. And if they're not going to you know, divulge the information, so be it. But anything else? I mean, Roquan coming back should be a plus especially going up against the Josh Jacobs. I mean, Kwiatkowski did great, but that quick passing game is really where I think you're going to get uh, really be excited to have Roquan back because that's where Nick Kwiatkowski kind of fails is you know closing that gap quickly on that quick passing game. So for me, this is a really good week to have Roquan back. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to give a shout-out to Travis over here, Travis Whedon in the chat, saying that the Bears haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher since 2017. That's ridiculous. So... Kudos to you, Travis, for finding that stat. I do want to go back, and so I talked about penalties, and I wanted to see, well, how many times has Oakland been penalized this season? They've been penalized. They have 34 penalties on the season, which is tied for one, two, three, four, five, six, tied for seventh place in the NFL, 278 yards. I don't know if that's all offense, all defense, but they commit a lot of penalties. Where so are we on that list? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay. We're, we're, oh, man. We're just right there. Where do you Felt think like are? it. Like eighth, ninth, it felt like top ten. Uh, so we are actually we're eighth, so right behind them with thirty three. <laughs> there we go. So it's gonna be a we can see a lot of yellow laundry on the Not field this Sunday. That's see that kind of stinks for people in London if they see like a sloppy game. Like they only get a, what one one game a year. Or maybe two. I don't know how many travel over there now, but like hopefully that's not the case where there's a lot of penalty you know penalties. But you have teams that are ranked seventh and eighth in penalties going over overseas there to play so we'll see what happens <laughs> gee sloppy teams traveling across the atlantic to play a game oh boy hey, that just feels <laughs> that's gonna be a long game but uh all right uh for me red zone third down real quick oakland on their offense on in the red zone 15th right in the middle of the pack 58 percent, which is still better than the bears uh but the bears defense top 10 uh just out the top five they are six with a 45 percent touchdown allotment and then looking at third down, Oakland on offense, very impressive. Eighth, like even though they don't have the eye popping numbers, they do find ways to you know move the sticks in third down. Forty seven percent, so almost half of their third downs are ending up being uh, converted on. But the Bears defense, obviously, they're pretty good. They're third in the NFL, twenty seven percent allowed. That's it. So about a quarter. So that's almost half of what Oakland's been able to do so far. But it's time to find out who has the edge. And Nick, let's just do the, well, I guess they're all easy, uh, but we'll do the one I gave for both of us, which is on top of my list. The Bears pass to rush versus the Raiders offensive line, which I guess is maybe the hardest of all three. It is because I guess, what do, what do you expect out of this pass rush? Maybe they won't get the sack numbers, but they'll still be dominant in this one. Because again, we talked about it. The Raiders just get the ball out so quickly. Still, you're gonna the presence is going to be felt by Cleo Mack, Leonard Floyd, Roquan, Dan Trevath, and, and the guys up front, uh, Akeem Hicks and Goldman, of course. But you still got to give it to the Bears, no doubt. 
I mean, when you have Khalil Mack in his, quote, revenge game, I'm going Bears. I'm going Mack. I'll give the edge to Mack, and then we'll we'll see what happens after the fact. But no, Bears are coming off six sacks. Again, that was with the reserves playing the majority up front. I feel pretty good. Akeem Hicks coming back. Uh, the Bears pass rush. They're in good hands. Uh, thank you, Khalil Mack. Thank you, John Gruden. Uh, Nick, over to you. Bears secondary. Bear and Raiders passing attack. I think I go with the Bears secondary. Who, other than Waller and maybe Williams, do the Raiders have? Nobody. And they don't pass the ball to Josh Jacobs. Three receptions on the season, so we got to go with Bears secondary. And that leaves me with the Bears run defense versus the Raiders ground game. I mean, Bears, duh. I don't know what else to say here. I mean, again, Josh Jacobs, he's a good running back, a good yeah. rookie running back, and he's had really good production so far. But the Bears run defense, it's top notch. It's the bee's knees. It's, you know, the peak, the cream of the crop. How many more can I throw out here? That's what they are. And I cannot go against them. Period. That's it. (laughs) Pretty much. I think that we're getting to that point. I say until they prove me wrong, I'm starting to doubt that day is ever going to come, and I'm not (laughs) going to complain about that one bit whatsoever. But, yeah, the Bears' run defense should be able to keep them in check on the ground. I don't envision, you know, Josh Jacobs having a tremendously productive day overall. Uh, So that leads us into our X factors. I'll kick it off just to change the flow up here a little bit. And my X factor – I'm going with Danny Trevathan. Uh, He's a big part of what the Bears need to do on defense and stopping Josh Jacobs. He's been balling out this season, quietly having probably his best season here in Chicago, and I expect nothing less of the same so far. He's a difference maker in the middle of the field, so if he can, A, keep racking up the tackles, especially near the line of scrimmage on the run, and make sure there are no easy completions in the middle of the field where he's kind of roaming, we should be all right. Uh, but if those things don't happen, I still think the Bears have enough depth to overcome. So maybe this isn't a true X factor that makes or breaks, but I definitely think he makes this team, this unit, more cohesive. And he is the field general out there for that defense. So for me, Danny Trevathan's going to be my X factor this week on defense. Nick, I have a couple others, alternates, but I will see if you take one or not. Ooh, is one of them Khalil Mack? No. Um, obviously, he's a factor in every game. But you, the Bear, look, the Raiders are going to go into this game wanting to not have him be a huge factor in this one. So I'll go to the other side. And we talked about Leonard Floyd's been a little quiet. And the Raiders like to run to that right side of the formation. And obviously, Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd will switch spots every now and then. But Leonard Floyd's got to be able to have containment. And when the Raiders are passing... Get after the quarterback. So I think this can be a good game for him to show not that he's just a capable pass pass rusher, but he can seal the edge, allow these linebackers to flow and make tackles. Uh, man, I'm trying to find the quote where John, what John Gruden called uh, Leonard Floyd. I can't find in this article, uh, but he's oh, yeah. So uh, John Gruden said Leonard Floyd is not a bag of rocks. The guy is a great player. That's uh you know from the athletic there, but I mean, so he didn't call him Bag of Rocks. Wait, wait, funny. wait! No, and stop. If you're gonna quote John Gruden, you have to whip out the John Gruden uh, impersonation. Can't, you can't oh, not on the spot. You didn't practice it. I, don't, I haven't done it in a while. It's been um, about two years. It has, and it's gonna be another two years because I'm not whipping <laughs> it out here. Maybe on the post game show, I'll have to practice it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Things that would come out of context if they just tuned into the show. I'm not whipping it out here. That was one of them. Man, we have that this week. Don't go. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. We're not even saying it. We didn't, <laughs> it didn't happen. We're moving on. We're mature adults, Nick. We'll talk what about show that. Is that again? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> go, All right. Uh, go to the other previous shows you guys to watch and find something interesting. Uh, I'm sure our maturity level will be on full display on Saturday night. No, I'm kidding. We'll be all right. But uh, (laughs) moving forward, it is time to enter the final segment of the show here. And we need to talk about the Bears special teams. And we've talked about Khalil Mack going up against his former team. And the underdog storyline here is Eddie Pinero going up against the Raiders as well, a team that just traded him away just a few months ago. Uh, That's the one thing on my radar. Next, looking at special teams for either the Bears or... Or the Raiders? What's on your radar? I mean, I think it's, you know, Eddie Pinero. He's been the story just saving this side of the football, this this aspect of the game for the Bears. He's been he's been money. That's why Eddie money has <laughs> I been I knew money. you weren't going to find anything else original. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he, that's what he wants to be called, Eddie Money. If he had a nickname for him, he said on ESPN 1000 a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's just been a really – you know, just a lifesaver for the Bears on that side of the ball. But I think in terms of I've just seen too many penalties on punt on after punts just with the holding calls or punt returns. Sorry. And, you know, Duke Shelley gets in the game one time, commits a penalty. It's like these holding penalties just need to stop. Again, they're ranked eighth in the league for a reason in terms of drawing these penalties. Stop doing it on special teams. It's like you're out there for maybe a couple of plays. This would be a great opportunity to show what you can do. Don't commit a penalty is one of them. But that's that's all I really got in special teams. Make your field goal kicks, any money, and don't commit flags, anybody else. Uh, Sheriff McManus, we talked about in the postgame show, had a huge boost to that unit, and I expect that to continue here on Sunday. That's the only other thing to note. You're talking about penalties. A lot of them have come on special teams. Uh, we're not talking about the offense, but Charles Leno Jr. can calm it down as well. I'm sure he's a big <laughs> contributor to our current ranking. So I would hope that kind of gets calmed down. Not anything to do with what we're talking about, but since you mentioned it, the first thing that came to my mind was number 72 and his continual uh, efforts that are not producing like we thought. But anyway, getting back to some predictions, because I'm very excited. It's one of my favorite parts of the show because we get to kind of have some fun here. So bold predictions. I have two, but Nick, I want you to go first. Yeah, so this one's coming from, I don't know if you guys have seen the picture uh, in London with the mannequins, uh, with Cleo Mack and there's Derek Carr, but Mack has the ball. And I'm like, is that foreshadowing for something? It looks like Cleo Mack's catching a pass, but we'll say it's a tip pass that Cleo Mack gets. So he's not he's going to have a pick six in this game, which he hasn't had this season. How disappointing How have we got there, right? That yeah, bump. No. First, he did it first, you know, the first game last year. Come on, Cleo Mack, pick it up. But pick six and some the Raiders are going to be down in this game. That's why I'm predicting this. Two and a half sacks, and that's going to be Khalil Mack's revenge game for you. Oh, we'll just throw in a forced fumble because he has six is the most in his career. He's already got four. So, again, just adding to that, it's going to be the Khalil Mack, like you said, Will, earlier, Khalil Mack revenge game. They're going to show, they're going to show why how crazy that trade was because Khalil Mack has been the MVP of the league, and that's what he's going to do come Sunday. Sweet. Wait, so he then pays for 16 forced fumbles this year? He That's outrageous. And he had six of his career high. He's got four. And he has he's on pace for 16, one per game. That's crazy. That's awesome. I'm glad he's on our team. I'll tell you that. Not still in Oakland or else we would have a whole other discussion uh, right now. So I, like I said, I have two bold predictions. I'm going to give you my real one, and then I'm going to give you my totally out of left field, boldest of the bold prediction ever made in the show, which I'm sure you're excited oh, about. Boy. My real one, Javon Wims, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. 
I think that's okay. relatively bold. And <laughs> I'm like, how can you yeah. beat that, Will? We talked about Khalil Mack. How about this one? He will break the NFL record for sacks in a single game with eight. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, but what if it did? Like it would this will oh. be the game for him to do it. Out of all games in his entire career, this is the one to do it. He's had four before. The NFL record seven. It's not that far fetched, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, that would I mean, see if only the the Raiders didn't get the ball out that quickly, then that's maybe. why that's why the offense needs to get that lead. Yeah, if that offense gets that lead and forces the Raiders to change up their entire game plan, oh, poor, poor car. I mean, come on. But that would be our. It's eight or it's seven. seven. But it happened in would... like yeah, it happened like late eighties, I think. Uh, Ocio Manura. I haven't said that name. Ocio Manura. Yeah. yeah, I haven't said that name in about a decade of my life. He had he's second with six, and that was like in 07. So it's been some time. But Khalil Mack, I saw him on top of that all-time list. He had four, uh, one of many with four, but he did have four in a single game. That was with Oakland. So maybe we can take it a step back and say he'll get five, which would be his new career high. But I still like eight. We're going with eight. Yeah. What's the chances? 100% that chance that happens? 0% chance? 50% chance? No, with Khalil Mack, anything is possible. <laughs> I just saw Brian in the chat said the same thing. Anything is possible, Will. And, I, and I, there you go. I don't. That's pretty awesome. All right, MVB uh, predictions. Uh, am I crazy if I believe we're just both going to say Khalil Mack? No, you're not crazy because that's who I was going to go with. Me too. Okay, <laughs> cool. I mean, it's just that. It's just that game. And if we weren't, if we're going yeah. somewhere else, we're we're really stretching. This is the game where, again, I think he's just going to make life hell for Oakland. Any chance he can, any way he can, any can, any way that he can put this game in his hands, he is going to find a way to do it. Because we've seen him play some inspired football here in Chicago. And knowing Khalil Mack, he's not going to let like the nerves of this game or the emotion get the best of him. He's going to use that as a motivational driver to really take his game, and I can't believe I'm saying this, to another level. So to me, MVB, at the end of the day, it's going to be Khalil Mack. And that's okay. He's the given. He's the gimme. But this week... You gotta give it to him. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> Will, a dog that don't that poop fast don't poop for long. We're gonna leave off that. Yeah, I'm getting that tattooed across my chest. <laughs> I I was I was messing around with my mom. I'm like, Mom, I, uh, who, what philosopher said these words? A dog that poop fast don't poop for long. She's like, I don't know. Like, what does that even mean? I'm like, Mom, it was Khalil Mack, and who cares what it means? Because it's Khalil Mack. But I have no idea what the, what the hell that means. Really? I think it's pretty profound. I really do. It's, you yeah, know, you, you want to explain? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> it's, it's saying, like, you know, you need to have that long, continual flow with any success. You don't want to be a one hit wonder. You want to poop long. You want to have that continual success. You don't want to just be a one. I'm not going to say, I was going to say a word I don't want to say in the podcast, but you don't want to be a one and done kind of guy. You want to, you want to keep it going. How about that? Yeah. I, it's hard. It is hard to explain, but I think I get it. Like I, it's, I don't. I get the words. I know what he's trying to say, but it's it's hard to put it into other words. <laughs> we'll have to talk about it on on Saturday night. Uh, you know, yeah. or in person, or when we're at a wedding reception. I'm sure this will come up. But uh, great game. Yeah, game prediction, Nick. Uh, I expect this game to be a fun one, at least for us. I'm hoping that it's going to work out the way that we're envisioning. Again, I don't like to use the T word on this show, but it could be that kind of game. But I just feel like this team is not going to allow that to happen. So what's going to be your game prediction? 
Yeah, game prediction. I, yeah, I don't look. It could be. It could be a trap game, and you know, a lot of these games could be. But this Bears team showed what it can do when it went through adversity, being six starters down against a division rival in the Minnesota Vikings. They dominated from you know start to finish. They dominated that game. This time, look, Cleo Max said people, the people in London are going to go to see him, and you know what? That's what's going to happen because he's that good of a player. I think it's going to – the offense will have its times where it will score points, but 20 to zero for shutout. This defense is not going to just dominate for three, three and a half, four, you know, four and a half court. It's going to be the entire game where it's just complete Bears domination. We don't have to worry. No headaches like some of these games have been for us, Will. Complete domination. We know the Bears are going to win for as soon as that first, uh, you know, kickoff. The Bears are going to win this game 20 to zero. 20 to 0. I like that. I like that a lot. I guess I don't even have to ask about your confidence meter, uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. I yeah. think it's a gimme. But for me, my final score prediction 24 to 10. Looking at what the Oakland usually gives up is over 20 points per game. And I do believe that the Bears have enough talent to get there as long as they can put it all together. And the 10, they're garbage point time. I mean, we've seen this Bears defense get a little lax. I love the shutout mentality, and I wish they would adhere to it. But we haven't seen that. We've seen them get a little soft. So if they play soft and allow Oakland to march down the field, let up an easy touchdown, an easy field goal late, okay, and then make it a two-score game somewhere in the fourth quarter, so be it. But for me, 24-10, to 10, again, the Raiders, they have never won in London. The Bears are by far the better team. We've already discussed all of the reasons why in this show. I believe that the defense was going to just shut down Oakland all game long, and the offense should do enough. I mean, Oakland allows the eighth most points per game, 25.5 points per game is what they allow. And the Bears, they allowed the second least, only 11.2 points per game. That should tell you everything right there. As long as those two averages uh, come to fruition on Sunday, which, uh, by the way, are you excited as I am to actually have a noon game? Yeah, it's, I, it's weird that we haven't had one, you know, now going to be five weeks into the season. But, yeah, I am excited for a noon game. It allows you to do so much after. And you don't have to have that little bit of anxiety for the game going into it. It's going to happen at noon, and we'll be done and over with by three. <laughs> right we don't have a long night i'm excited about that all right so uh confidence meter meter final thought go well i said 20 to zero it's it's a 10 the bears are coming away going to four and one into their bye week and just going to dominate the oakland raiders so a 10 <laughs> have you ever used a 10 i don't think so and i don't know why i'm just feeling so confident about this week i think it's just that khalil mack effect because it's a, you know we know what he's like in every other game, but I, we're both just kind of expecting it to go to some level that we haven't seen. And Khalil Mack doing that, it's, thank God, I'm, you know, you're not the opposing team because that's going to be scary. I'm going to give myself an 8.9. I didn't want to go all the way nine. Again, there's some reasons why I think this game could be, it's the Bears. I mean, I, I know this yeah, team. Yeah. I know what they do. They make it much harder than it needs to be sometimes. And I'm so confident that at the end of the day, the final score is going to be the outcome that we are all hoping that the Bears achieve heading into that bye week, avoid the trap. But obviously, they need to avoid going down early. And you talked about it, Nick. The Bears, if they can find a way to get an early lead, phenomenal. That puts this game in their hands. They're in the driver's seat. All they need to do is you know, keep their foot on the gas pedal. With that said, and I don't usually use that phrase too much on this podcast anymore because I got you know harped on pretty hard a few years ago. <laughs> With that, 
Oakland, they are outscoring opponents by 27 points in the first quarter this year. Uh, 31 points scored, only 14 points allowed. So the Bears need to find a way to make sure that initial flurry doesn't happen. But again, Oakland has not played a defense like the Chicago Bears. Oakland has not you know, gone up against some, well, they've gone up against offenses that I guess are comparable. So I'll take that back. But I do envision the Bears' defense limiting what Oakland can do out of the gate, and then the Bears' offense should, if Matt Nagy can replicate, like you said, those scripted plays that work to perfection to get some really points, uh, the Bears should be uh, sitting pretty. But again, they need to find a way to avoid what Oakland's been able to do, and that's get up early. But at the same time, Oakland gets a little complacent, and then they just allow teams to work their way back as well. So even if the Bears do, for some reason, find themselves in a quick hole, by no means does, does that mean the Bears are out of this game. They can find a way, claw their way back, and still find their way on top. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed our game preview. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to check out Will Ingles, his five matchups to watch, which will follow this episode here on Friday or Saturday. We'll see when I publish that sucker. But the Bears, again, uh, Sunday, noon game, finally a noon game. It's going to feel like a real Sunday afternoon here in terms of covering some Chicago Bears football. Nick and I will return. We're going to be in person. I'm excited about that one for that postgame show. But in the meantime, have a great weekend. And of course, bear down, Chicago. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.